0: Right, Father, we thank you. We give you the praise. We honor you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The eyes of our understanding is alighting. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every act can behold you as we see ourselves in you. We say your name alone is glorified as we are edified in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, praise God. Ready for the word? All right, now we want to continue our series on who you are in Christ. We started this about. so. I think last week or two weeks ago. And um, let's look at some few things. Let's address some few things more. And we, we started and we said that uh, have you, have people asked you questions about who you are, and, you, and people have different opinions about you. And um, we said that when people ask you questions about who you are, we said God has given us His word. And we have his word to recognize and see who we are. We have this word. We have his word that he has given us. In Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6, it says, he has said so that we might boldly say. And um, so he has given us his word so that we can recognize who we are. And one of the most vital, one of the most, the most vital knowledge in the scripture is knowing who Jesus is the most vital knowledge of the scriptures is knowing who jesus is and knowing who we are what we have and what we can do in him so we are, one of the most vital things is knowing who jesus is who we are what we can do in him who we are and what we can do in him. philemon 1 verse 6 that the communication of our faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in us in christ jesus so there are things that are notable. That is, there are good things in Christ, and those good things, there are good things in us which are in Christ. There are good things which are in us which are in Christ. In the four Gospels, we see in Matthew sixteen. Let's go there. We've been addressing that scripture in Matthew sixteen, verse fifteen. Matthew sixteen, verse fifteen. Matthew sixteen. It said unto them, "But whom say ye that I am? Who say ye that I am?" And who um, say ye that I am? In verse 16, so that was Peter's, Peter's revelation in verse 16. He says, and Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, this is the incarnation. This is, he was addressing his person in the incarnation. The present Christ has sat that day. The present Christ has at that day. The present Christ has at that day because he was looking at him and saying, this is the Son of God, right? Just like saying, I'm addressing you and saying you have fear." This is the Son of God. And um, the Son of the living God. But Paul's prayer focused on something much more. Paul showed us in his prayer in Ephesians 1, verses 16 to 17 to 18, he says, I seek not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what is the riches of his glory, in the inheritance of the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who do believe, according to his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he rose from the dead and set him at his right hand. So it, it was his presence, Christ, as Saturday. But one thing Paul was doing is to focus on something much more, an higher revelation. It says the riches of his glory that you will know the riches of his glory. The riches there means wealth of his glory. Wealth of his glory of his inheritance. Wealth of the glory of his inheritance, what he gave us. I'll say it again. The riches there means wealth of the glory of his inheritance, that he gave us. That is what he gave us. Inheritance in the saints. And Jesus, as earlier in things, in verse 6, 7, 19, look at what he said in verse 19. So now, look at how Paul is pondering on higher revelation in verse 19 in Matthew 16. In verse 19 in Matthew 16, he said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, that whatsoever that binds on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever that loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He gave us something. It says how we give unto you that what i will give unto you is like i will dash you i will i will i will just gift you the authority of the kingdom and you will use it in the earth so his authority is given to us to use on it but he didn't give us immediately he wasn't giving unto us immediately Why didn't he do that immediately back then? Look at what he did in verse 18. He says, And I said unto you that thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So when he said, I will build my church, that was referring to his body after his resurrection. Are you getting what I'm saying? He it, it was referring to something he would do after his resurrection. That is, it will be via his death, via his burial, via his resurrection, that he will build his church. You see that in John 2, verse 19, John 2, 19, John 2, 19, it says, in, in John 2, verse 19, it says that um, Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy the temple, and in thirty days I will raise it up. Now, his language was a bit big to the audience here because they were like, they were thinking in the flesh, destroy this building. It's just like, I say that statement today, and I say, destroy this interfaith chapel. And I say, I will rebuild it in three days. Even the construction workers are going to be like, hey, you're joking. How would you destroy this big... Look at, look, at, look at this place. Sometimes I look up, I'm like, I can't look really up. <laughs> look at this place, and I I'm destroying this place, in, and I will rebuild it in 3 days. So that is exactly the description of the temple in that place. You know this place looks like a temple to somehow. <laughs> I'm just joking. I don't know what the temple looks like. <laughs> so just imagine, I say, I build, I'm, I'm destroying this place, and I'm building it in 3 days. You're going to know like, oh, pastor is crazy. It's just mad, you know? But he told them, he says, I will be, build it in three days. They looked and said, oh, look at what they said in verse 20. And they said in, I'm reading John 2, John two now, verse 19 and 20. And he said, and said the Jews, 46 years, <laughs> that's the same way you would have answered. 46 years was this temple in building, and without rearing it up in three days, uh-uh, they looked around and they were fixated on the temple. Being a physical building, ah, why would you? Well, I, you know, once, see, let me tell you something I love about the scriptures. The Bible is an honest book. We're going to study in the Bible Ammonautics 2 very soon, very early series too. And something I said in the Bible Series uh, 1, I told you, I said, the Bible is a very honest book. They will tell you what it is because it was involving the actions of men. Men were in action. So don't expect, when you have a, when you have a conversation with, with men and they are telling you, um, why is the Bible not correct? Why are there contradictions in the Bible? Men are not perfect. Are you getting what I'm saying? There will be mistakes. Don't forget, this Bible went through editorial work. I don't know why I'm saying this today. This Bible went through editorial work. They had to edit something. They had to print it out. They had to go through something. So don't expect it to just be 100% perfect. And the, their inspiration was not that the Lord would just tell them, oh, Chiyamaka, oh, yeah, wake up. In the beginning was the word, and the word was the God. The Lord would not be telling them and they would be jotting it down. No, that was not what happened. So don't expect the scriptures to be that, eh, okay, 100% perfect, okay, if they were inspired by God. I was in one panel one time with some Muslims and they were asking me, if the Bible was really inspired by God, like in, they said in second Timothy 3.15, why, why is it that? There's a contradiction. I said, you, if you, I said, okay, let's, let's agree this way. They said, okay, with the four gospels, let's say, I said, okay, now, all of you were in Sunday service. Now, if I tell all of you to give me a summary of what happened on Sunday service, do you know everybody's account will be different? There's something I'm going to teach you late, much later in the future, chronicles. We, we will learn how to give accounts of details. We, we're going to study that in our academy when we, when, we have, um, when we have a Bible school and all of those things. We're going to study the chronicles. What, can you give me a detail of what has happened now in the last one hour? You will notice that with your account and this person's account will be different. Are you get what I'm saying? That's something we're going to study all of those things much later. But the, uh, back to what I'm saying so the Bible is very honest. They were, they were very, if you that, uh, look at this building, it's not possible for him to, to come down three days, it's not possible. And many still do it that today. Look at the verse 21. It says, But he spake of the temple of his body, he spake about the temple of his body. Verse 22 When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered. That he has said unto them that he has said unto them, and they believe the scriptures and the word which Jesus has said. So he was refined to his body, he will build it. This means to found it, to establish. It wasn't a process. It means he will build it in Ephesians 2. Now look at how Paul explains certain things in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, verse 21 to twenty-two. Ephesians 2, verse 21 to 22, it says, In whom all the building, fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also have builded together for an habitation of God's true Spirit. So this isn't a daily activity. It was done. Are you getting me? The building wasn't, okay, let's be building, let's be building. No, it has already been done. And it was done in Christ. It was done in him. So, he mentioned, they said, the gates of hell, or better still, gates of death. Are you getting me? We can simply turn that word gates of hell to gates of death. Because the word is in, it, it, it was the word "adis" in the original language, in the Greek. L, edis, death, edis, in the original language. So, it was not the early grave. This was where the dead go to, where their souls or their spirits go to. Jesus was also there in Acts to Acts two verse twenty-seven. So it was like if you die today now, what happens is that you go to Hades, the place of the dead. It was not, um, it wasn't um, the graveyard. Look at in Acts two verse twenty-seven. Jesus also went there. He says, "Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell." That's Hades. Hades. Jesus was there and he rose from there. He, so when we say he rose from the dead, are you getting it now? From ADs, from hell, are you are you seeing it? Is it making sense to somebody? He rose from the dead, so he was from ADs. So when he did it, it was so because of the authority of the dead. ADs couldn't stop him. The gates of hell, the place of the dead, not um, graveyard you now, not tombs. Hades is where the dead go to, where souls or spirits are, uh, go to. So it says, so when he did it, it was because the authority of the dead, a this could not stop him. It stripped. he stripped it of his authority. What's in the death and the burial of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, he stripped that. It stripped that of his authority. That's why we that's why I like that song. It says that has no hold over us anymore. So that's why we can safely say we have internal life because there is no limitation of death again. Are you getting it now? It's cheap that of it. That's why in Hebrews 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Am I too fast? No, I don't think so. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, verse 14. It says that... Look at it. I want everybody there. Hebrews 2, verse 14. It says, For as much then... I'll wait for you. Hebrews 2.14. I'll wait for you. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the sin, that what through that he might destroy in that had the power of death, that is who? The yeah. devil. So he he, he he had to strip it off. So That what destroyed there means he stripped it naked. And this wasn't for Jesus's benefit. It wasn't for Jesus' benefit. Look at verse 15. Look at verse 15 there. In that Hebrews 2, verse 15, it says, And delivered them that through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to what? Bondage. So, he delivered it. It was for the church. His body. You know, we are his body. We are the body of Christ. It was for the church. So, Peter saw Jesus. God incarnate. Jesus raised from the death and his resurrection, so Jesus raised the bar to his death and his resurrection. So Peter saw Jesus, God incarnate. Peter didn't see this earlier. That's why in verse twenty-one, in verse twenty-one, in verse twenty-one in Matthew sixteen, so he didn't see this earlier. That's why he had a goof about certain things. Look at this, in verse twenty-one. Matthew 16. Look at Matthew 16, verse 21. Now, don't forget, this was the same guy who said, you are Jesus, the son of the living God. So that means he had a revelation in one minute. The next minute, he had a goof. (laughs) Look at verse 21. It says, from that time forth, Jesus, from that time forth, began Jesus to show Unto his disciples, how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and and be killed and raised again from the dead. Now Jesus was explaining to them that ah, see you guys, by the gates of hell in practical time I will be killed. So you know Jesus was explaining what he told them in. Jesus was explaining what he told them in um this uh this. 18, and I will say uh, and I say unto thee that thou, Peter, I will be in my church, that the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, you know that word looks somehow. What is the meaning of the gates of hell will not prevail? What's, what does what's that mean? Now, he was not talking in plain terms to them. He was telling them, See, guys, I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be buried. I'm going to raise again. Ah, They were not wondering. I will be killed and be raised again. How? Look at verse 22. Ah, ah. Then Peter took him, the same Peter who in verse 16 was saying, Ha. Ah, you are Christ. <laughs> Peter is reminding me of Chamaka. You are Christ, the son of the living God. Then the next minute, they backslide. They're just telling you, sir, no, I don't believe it. No, nothing. We we'll die here with you and I say, lie." Now look at verse 22. Peter, Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, No, you know, <laughs> Peter, did just, Peter did not just say, Master, stop it. The Bible says, he began to rebuke him. So that means he must have been having series of series with Jesus. No, Lord. This is from the immunities of the scriptures. In the Hebrew word, this is not the word, uh-uh. The word is, he began to rebuke him. It's <laughs> not just, say, he rebuked Peter. No. You know, Jesus, look at Jesus' Look at Jesus' response in 23. And he told and said, Peter, get it. That, was, that means Peter must have said so many things. He says, he began to rebuke him, saying, you know, and these things are summary saying, be it far from thee, Lord. It shall not be unto you. You know, Matthew is just summarizing to us. Maybe he's just trying to cover Peter up and just "Guy, I-, I got you, brother. I got you. People is not going to know many of the things he say. So he's just giving us something. <laughs> Peter developed cold feet. He developed cold feet. Just like tomorrow night, he just say, guys, um, as your pastor, I believe the Lord is leading me to just die for Rochester. And die for it's exactly this is what the reaction I was waiting for. <laughs> I just say, you know, um, the Lord has paid the price, and the Lord just wants me. I just sense as I was praying last night, I just sense the Lord saying, it fix your blood one more time to um, one more time to, to to sweep over Rochester for Rochester to be safe." So I'm going to leave you people for one month. And I'll be back from the dead. Somebody say, ah. It's two reactions. Let me tell you It's two reactions. Someone will say, oh well. Someone say, I'm, someone will be happy that at least, ah, nobody's going to stress my life. Nobody's going to be telling me, give me my spiritual growth reports. Did I go on outreach today? Nobody's going to be disturbing my life. And that group will say, ah. Wow. Really? What if it not is? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, you know? Let me ask, what's evil your reactions? Let, let me, what, as I said that, imagine it was true. <laughs> I know if there's anybody that will not want me to go, Tony. <laughs> Tony will not want. But the evil in, in your day's acts, in your day, will just say, yes, good, go and die, Go. <laughs> Favour, will say, yes, I'm oh, very happy. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I can now go to movies, see boss soldier things. Then come out and tell me, give me false report and say, no, I was busy all through the day. I thought you think you escaped that. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you still there? Praise God. So, he never saw beyond the incarnation. Peter never saw beyond the incarnation. He didn't see that. It was just, he was just, it was just a total father goof. So Jesus had to address him as Satan. Verse 23, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art our offense to me, for thou severest not the things that are of God, but those things that be of men of men. That means now you are talking in the flesh. You are talking <coughs> in your senses. You just said I am Christ. So, brethren, you can be walking in the spirit this moment. And in, in the next <laughs> 30 minutes, the devil can possess you. Should I give you a personal story? Now, I, I remember some years back. I just finished praying about three hours. And immediately I stood up and went to fight. Uh-uh. <laughs> you can't you can't imagine. I don't want to give you details, but people, people know the day I'm talking about, you can really remember. I just I just finished, I just woke up, and some things just happened at home, and I just went to fight. I went to f- ah, ah, This is me who just trusted God and walked in the spirit. Only must have remembered what I'm talking about. This is me just walked in the spirit, prayed three hours, I, I was shouting. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I went to act contrary to prayer. <laughs> so, don't, don't be deceived. Peter was walking in the spirit one moment saying, You are Christ. In fact, even the disciples would be wondering, ah ah, this Peter Shah is really our leader. He has to be the leader. How does he know this? You know, Thomas would have been wondering, wow. Me that I'm still even yet to believe that this is Jesus. You know, <laughs> Philip was Philip in John 14, the Lord had to tell Philip as, say, Has thou known me so long that you don't know that I am the father? ah ah, ah. Philip Philip was still asking the Lord in John 14 and say, Show us the Father. Jesus said, ah, have you been so long with me that you don't know I'm the Father? He says, you are seen me, you are seen the Father. So imagine, they are still having big confrontations of, uh-uh. In John 14, Jesus started with, let not your heart be troubled. In <laughs> my father's house, there are many mansions. if I go, I'll be a place for you. So imagine the contradictions in their head. Then somebody is dancing, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Uh-uh. Boss. We celebrate grace. You know, they will, like, they will be a little Peter like, and the next minute, Peter was just saying, "Ah, uh master, no. Mm-mm. He began to rebuke him. <laughs> when I was studying that scripture, I, I was laughing. Like, he began to rebuke him. That means he would have been saying series of series. And the disciples would have said, Yes, that's true. That's true. That's right. That's right. You know, you can be here, you can be hearing rubbish and you'll be saying you be agreeing to it. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's, right. that's true, that's true. <laughs> then Jesus said, get it behind me. You savour the things that are not of God, that are of men. So, his death was fundamental. Since all the benefits were tied to his resurrection, his death was fundamental. He must die to live again. And he's going to live for us. Else, we will still be the same. As we have met him. Else, there will be no difference between the man who walked upon the surface of the earth 2,000 years ago. It will have been meaningless. Look at First Corinthians 15, verse 17. Will have, it will have been so meaningless, then there would have been no point for Jesus coming. There will have been no point. Why did he now come in the flesh? First Corinthians 15, verse 17. What was the essence of his what was the essence of he coming in the flesh? First Corinthians 15, verse 17. Look at it, I want, everybody to, I want everybody to go there. He says, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. Are you seeing it? If Christ did not rise from the dead, you are, your faith won't have anything we are believing on. He says, you are yet in your sins. So, he says, he will build his church. How will they build his church? He will build his church from his resurrection. From his resurrection. So that was why Paul focused his prayer in Ephesians 1 in verse 19. He focused his prayer. Look at the prayer of Paul. Everybody's I, I believe everybody, everybody's is familiar with this. We pray this always in our services. And um, we, we look at this always. Look at in verse 19. It says, What is the exceeding greatness of his power? To us who do believe according to the working of his, working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. In heavenly places, far above principalities and power, might and dominion, and everything that is named, not only in this world, but is that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet, which and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. So, what he gave to his church, his body, all things from his resurrection became ours in the age today. All things from his resurrection became ours in the earth today. All things from his resurrection became ours in the earth today. So, where he is, is where we are. Hallelujah. Where he is, is where you are. That's why I thought we, we sang that song last week. Where I am, is where you are. You live in me. You walk through me. Where I am, is where you are. Because where he is, is where we are. Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 6. Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 6. Ephesians 2, verse 5 to 6. Even when you were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace, he was saved, and he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, just as he promised us in John 14, verse 3, that where I am, you may be also, it has been fulfilled. Have you seen it? In John 14, verse 3, says that where I go, Go to the place of you that where you may be, also that has been fulfilled today. So, He has raised us up and made us to sit together with Him in heavenly places. Hallelujah! Glory. Hallelujah! Glory. So, from Paul's prayer, He says, from Paul's explanation, from Paul's prayer, He says that this is the right hand of God the Father. The right hand of God the Father made us to sit together at His heavenly places. The time together. So, look at that word together. So, in the Greek. So, Jesus is now the head of the church. Jesus is now the head of the church. This is the new creation. He is the head of the church. He is the head of the church. In new species, in new creation, species, kind, a breed of man. He is the firstborn, firstborn from the dead. Firstborn from the gate of hell. So when I say firstborn from the dead, now you can simply say gate of hell, right? You can safely say this, right? He's the firstborn from hell. Colossians 1, 18. Firstborn. Colossians 1, verse 18. Colossians 1, verse 18. It says, And he is the head of the body, he is the head of the body, he is the head of the body, the church? who is in the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have pre- preeminence. So, the church is referred to as the gathering of the firstborns. All of us that we are sitting here now, we are gathering of the firstborns in Christ. There is no secondborn, there is no thirdborn, there is no fourthborn, there is no hundredborns. We are all firstborns in Christ. Hebrews 12, verse 23. Hebrews 12, verse 23. Hebrews 12, verse 23. Hebrews 12, verse 23. He says, to the general assembly. Look at it. I want everybody to go there. Hebrews 12 verse 23. I'll wait for you. Hebrews 12 verse 23. Hebrews 12 verse 23. I don't think I'm too fast. I'm not. To the general assembly. And church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, unto God, the Lord of all, and to the Spirit of the just men made perfect. It says, the general assembly of the church of what? The firstborn. Look at your neighbor and say we are both firstborn. <laughs> How does that sound? So this is via the resurrection. Jesus is the prototype, the archetype of the new man. It's like saying, look at my jersey now. How many of you are a Manchester United fan? Glory to God. How many? Oh good. Glory to God. You. I rebook you in Jesus' name. Yeah, you know a Chelsea fan. No. Oh, you're a man, you have converted. Good. Good, good, good. good. You Yes sir. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> okay. Praise God. Yeah. Just like this jerse Jesse now. You know this is a prototype. <clears throat> it's like saying anybody wants to eat you, eat too. It's like saying, I want to make this kind of Jesse for you now. I mean for the real fans, not for the haters now. I mean I want to make this that like, this will be the prototype. Of the type I will make for you, right? Mm-hmm. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is how Jesus is. He was our example. We've seen him as a pattern. We've seen him as, okay, this is who we are. This is how we are going to be. So he was our example, our prototype, our archetype. So no man is born incomplete. Was Jesus born incomplete? Yes, sir. So you are not born incomplete. When you were born again, you were born complete. You were not born unrighteous. You were born righteous. You were not born unholy. You were born holy. We are born and made like the first begotten. Hallelujah. We are born and made like the first begotten. Our prototype, Romans 8 verse 22. Romans 8 verse 29, sorry. Romans 8 verse 29. I'll wait for you. Romans 8 verse 29. It says, For whom did he follow? He also did predestinate and to be conformed to the image of his son that we might be firstborn among many brethren. Romans 8, verse 29. I'll wait. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. Let's go there. I'll read it again. It says, For whom he did you, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of a son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So many people have interpreted the use of sons and children. And like I told you, I, I, I keep saying this story every time. I, that, that thing has not left my mind. I was preaching in the church sometimes some years back. I think that was in 2016 or 2015. Yeah, I think 2016. No, that's 2016. 2016 ish. 2016, 2017. And I was, I was uh, teaching and I was telling them, you know, we are all sons in Christ. We are this, we are that. Then it was not question and answer time. So Tony was in that service that day. And I was like, okay, ask me a question. His sister stood up, very holy, casco sister stood up and said, "Um, Aisa, No, not even use Aisa. You. <laughs> you said we are all sons. That is wrong. The, you know, it is better to ask your question and say, Please explain to me. But don't be pompous to ask questions and just say, That's wrong. You can't say we are all sons. We have to be children, then we will now grow to be sons. Ha! This I was just looking. One brother, I will never forget his name, Brother Newman, stood up and answered the question and said, His name even spoke of a new reality in Christ, Brother Newman. <laughs> he said, Sir, sister, do you give birth to a child today and your child grow from being a child to being your son? That was how everybody in the church, there was now pandemonium. It was, yeah, it's true now, it's true, it's true. And don't forget, those other people that were in tr- that were those other people to ask questions. Of. But because of that response, everybody started to say, it's true, it's true. I never thought of it that way. Oh, so that means you were thinking what the woman who that asked me the question was thinking. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So a lot of people have some misconception about those things. And the, the, the truth is they've not been diligent enough they say we are children of salvation, then we now become sons of spiritual good. That is not correct. You will still find people who believe in that rubbish. That's not correct. But the, the And do you know where they get their example from? I, I plan to explain that very well today. Do you know where they get that example from, of, okay, we are, we are children before then we are sons? It was from Paul's example in galatians it was Paul in paul's book in galatians that gave us that that kind of misconception. but let's look at it in galatians 4 now let's study something galatians 4 because we are still studying what who we are in what in christ we say we are firstborns right you believe that you believe that you're firstborns look at galatians 4 verse 1 on 2. let's look at it so like when somebody asks you and say ah you are children then will not go soon you can safely explain it look at galatians 4. Verse 1 and 2. It says, Now I see that the hair, as long as he is a child, the fire nothing from his servant, though he be Lord of all, but under tutor and governors until the appointed time of the Father. Paul was not teaching spiritual growth here. He was teaching salvation through faith and deliverance from the law. He wasn't teaching spiritual growth here. He was teaching salvation, true faith, and deliverance of the Lord. Look at it again. He says, now I see that the hair, as long as he is a child, defy nothing from his servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governance until the appointed time of the Father. So he could not have been saying he wasn't so, he wasn't saying that we're children of the Lord. He was refined to the Jews. He mentioned it earlier in Galatians 3. Look at what he did in Galatians 3, verse 23 to 25. Before we get to... Because we are looking at the preceding text before we go to chapter 4. Before he said what he said in chapter 4. Look at verse 23. Galatians 3 verse 23. It says, But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the, unto the faith, which should hath be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith is come, we were no longer, what, under a schoolmaster. So, schoolmaster here is a child, child lead. Schoolmaster means child lead, an instructor, an instructor. So, the Christ came, the faith came, we had schoolmaster. We had an instructor. Look at verse 3 in Galatians 4. Verse 3 in Galatians 4. Even so, we, when we were children, we were in bondage, under the elements of the law. That cannot be the believer. You and I are not in bondage. Are you seeing it? Guys, are you seeing it? Yes, you remember we said this last week. We said we are not in bondage, right? We are free from the shackles of sin, right? Yes. So that can be the believer. The believer is not in bondage. So the preceding text define salvation. So, when faith came, the Spirit was given. Now, look at in verse 4. Look at in verse 4 of Galatians 4. It says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, under the law, to do what? In verse 5, to redeem them that are under the law, that we may receive what? Adoptions of son. This is now salvation. So, Galatians 4 verse 5 is what? Salvation. Galatians 1 to 3 could not be salvation because we are not in bondage. Are you seeing it? Because a man who is born again can't be in bondage. Do you guys get it? Do you guys get it? Do you guys get it? Yes, guys get it? So, Galatians 1 to 3 cannot be salvation because a man who is saved is not in bondage. So, the adoptions of sons. Look at in verse 14, Galatians 3 verse 14. Galatians 3 verse 14. Galatians 3 verse 14. It says that, And my temptation, which was in the flesh, ye despise not, nor rejected, but receive me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Adoptions of sons. Adoptions of sons. Galatians 4 verse 5. To redeem them that are under the law, that we might receive what? Adoptions of sons. Adoptions of sons. Look at verse 6. But because ye are sons. Hiya. Look at it. It says, because you are sons. God has what? Set forth a spirit of His son into your heart, crying what? Abba, Father, Father, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more what? A servant. But what? A son. And if a son, then an ear of God through Christ. So we are referred to as children of God and sons of God. So we are both. It's simultaneous. We are both children. We are both sons. Are you getting it? So we can simply say you are a children of God. You are a child of God. I am a child of God and I am a son of God. So he's not saying "Ah, you are still a baby of God. That's not what it means. Galatians 3 verse 26. Galatians 3 verse 26. For ye all are what? Children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. So we are all children of So earlier we were called children of the Lord. Sons here refers to heirs, H E I R S heirs. Those who take the father's place. These are his children. It's just like saying, um, nest of king. Somebody who is taking the place of the father, right? Heirs. Is nest of king the best explanation for that? Yes. Sir. Somebody who is going to hear it something, right? Mm-hmm. That's the nest, nest yes, of king. Yeah. So heirs. So many confuse this with babies. And because it was used for spiritual good. No, look at Galatians 4, verse 19. They confuse it with they, have. they say, because look at it in verse 19, where you says, My little children, of whom I child in birth again, until Christ be formed in you. Sons, yet little children in development. Are you getting it? So it's just like saying, you are a son of God as a status Are you getting what I'm saying? Okay, this is for pension fever as a status. But favor is still a small game. Are you getting it? That is exactly how it is. So you have, a, you have the sonship by status. So when he was telling them in Galatians 4 verse 19 here, he was saying, My little children who might travel again in birth to Christ be formed in you, he was referring to their development as they are growing spiritually. He wasn't denying the fact that they were sons. Are you getting what I'm saying? Does that make sense to somebody? He wasn't denying the fact that they were sons. So, sons, yet little children in development. So that's why he referred to my little, refined to himself. He now just like saying my people. Are you getting refined to himself? So, in the original language, little is passive, or it is not even, it is non-existent at all. In the, in the in the proper original language. Look at in 1 John 3, verse 1 to 2. 1 John 3, verse 1 to 2. Are you getting something today? First 1 John 3, verse 1 to 2. 1 John 3, verse 1 to 2. It says, Behold, what manner of law the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not beloved now are we what sons of god and it doth not appear what we shall be but we know when he shall appear we shall be like him for we for we shall see him as he is so we are sons of god the original word used there is actually children where it says uh the original word there is actually children in the originals because john referred refer to himself to here and John is not a babe. It was, was not a babe going into sonship. Look at 1 John 4, verse 4. 1 John 4, verse 4. It says, Ye are of God little children. You have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he was it was yeah, he was referring to all as as spiritual children. Are you getting me? So he's calling his spiritual children and saying, Ah, you are of God little children. So look at 4 John. Third John one verse four. Third John, Third John four. Third John, Third John, Third John four. He says, "I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth." Are you seeing that that refers to spiritual children, right? People that he has taught and trained in God's word, right? So that's why he says, "I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth." So we must not mix this up. We must not mix this up. We are sons with the elephants. Because you're going to find people who are going to have questions and touching things like this. We are sons with the Erethans and children, the seed of God in the new birth. We are sons in the Erethans and we are children. We are the seed of God in the new birth. Look at Romans 8 verse 14. We are son of God. Look at Romans 8 verse 14. See, I'm, I'm a son of God. No, you're not singing like you mean. Ah, good. A you're not singing. I'm a son of God. Glory to God. Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sons of God. We are sons of God. It says in verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So, does that make sense in Galatians where we say bondage? Because we don't have bondage. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby ye cry, Haber, Father. Adoption means to be seen. Let me tell you what adoption means. Adoption means to be seen and made or set as sons. Just like saying I go to um, a place where they put babies and I go and adopt one. That person will automatically even be in my name. It will be in my last name. I will give him my last name, Benson. I can even give him you higher Benson, Junior. Because I have adopted him as mine. So, uh, adoption means to be seen are made or set as sons. I'll say it again. It means to be seen and made or set as sons. So, we receive the spirit of sonship. Hallelujah. Have received the spirit of sonship. How many people have received that? Have received the spirit of sonship. So, the spirit itself beareth it with with our spirit. Romans 8 verse 16. That we are children of God. And if children, then yes, and yes of God and joint yes, with Christ. So that... So, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. So, we've received the spirit of sonship. So, with this testimony, we are God's children. Say, I'm God's children. We are God's children. Look at it in verse 17. And if children then years of God and joint years with Christ. So, we are jointly, we are jointly with Christ, joint years with Christ. Joint with Christ. So, your, your sons, your children, your children. So, when he now used, look at how Paul now used a word in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, when he used babes. So, when people say, Oh, I'm a baby, but I'm a son, you are a child, oh, well, you can safely understand the concept very well. Because to know who you are in Christ, you must, you must be well assured of your reality. You must not have doubt about who you are in Christ. You must not. Ephesians 4, verse 14. Ephesians 4, verse 14. It says, that we henceforth be no more children, thirst for and fro, and carried by every wind of doctrine, every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby with the laying which to deceive. He used the word, we henceforth be no more words, children. He used that word, babes. So he was basically talking about babes. Now, this is talking, this is now used for spiritual growth here. Other translations, we use babes. King James used children here. When he says, we henceforth be no more children children. When he's using children in this concept, he's referring to people who are still maturing. Spiritual development. Are you getting it? Spiritual growth. Are, is, this, is this making sense to you guys? He's referring to spiritual So he was not talking about, he was not denying them. So we can safely say they are sons but yet babes. Are you getting me? Sons but yet babes in what? In spiritual growth. Does that make sense? It's you know, Like a man who gives his life, who received the life of Christ today, the man is a son. Oh, yet he is still maturing. Are you getting me? Are you getting me? All right, look at it in First Corinthians 3, First Corinthians 3, verse 1, First Corinthians 3, verse 1, when he says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto kind, even as unto babes. Now, this is spiritual growth here, as unto babes, as unto babes in Christ, spiritual growth. So that is why. Th- 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 so, so, it's talking about spiritual growth. Look at 1 Corinthians 13.11. 1 Corinthians 13.11. 1 Corinthians 13.11. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. And I understood as a child. I taught as a child. And when I became a man, I put away childish things. It was talking about spiritual growth. Referring to work. That is, their works and conduct. here, here is used for infants. So, these are infants, but these infants are sons who have refused to grow. So, it's just like saying, you have a baby who is not ready to grow, who is not ready to be breastfed, who is not ready to receive your food. The child isn't going to grow, it's just going to remain a baby. Are you getting? But that does not change the position of the child. That does not say, you cannot say, okay, the, because the baby has refused to grow, it's just like this one year, it's still, still crying, mew, mew, mew. You're still carrying the baby up and down. Two years, it's still the same thing. Five years, it's still the same thing. Ha ha. But that, you cannot deny and say, this is not your child. He came out from your womb. Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? He still came out from your womb. That's your child. So, it's just like that in spiritual growth. They are sons, but yet they've refused to grow. Yet they sit at where Christ sat. And he has what he has. He can do what he can do. That does not change their position in Christ. That does not change them from sitting, sitting where Christ is sitting. That does not change them from being raised together with him. That does not change them from being adopted. That does not change them from being... The firstborn from the dead. That does not change their reality. Does that mean say they just refused to grow spiritually? Are you getting me? You are not going to deny your child food. I mean, sorry, African parents will do that. <laughs> okay, let's say you're not going to deny your child um, what's what's one basic thing don't deny your child. Huh? No, people deny their child. Okay, let's see, you're not going to deny your child clothes because you're not going to let your child be walking about the street naked. You're not going to deny your child clothes because he cried. You will still have to put on clothes. That is basically how it is. So, as a a Christian or as a believer, that status is still there. That status is still there. So, growing up is to recognize what is yours. So, as you are growing up in Christ, you recognize what is yours. Does that make sense? So, the proof that you are even growing spiritually is you recognizing who you are in Christ. Are you seeing it? Are you seeing it? That you are a son. Nothing changes that. Philippians 1 verse 6, that the communication of our faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in us in Christ Jesus. That the communication of our faith, so we have active recognition. That dominates your thinking. What God has done in Christ Jesus should dominate your thinking. It should dominate your thoughts. It should dominate your speech. It should dominate your conduct. It should dominate your entire being that I am a son. I have left the flesh. I am, not, I am not longer in bondage. I am free in Christ. That does not say, oh, I want to go and do anything I want to do. Oh, because I'm not in Christ. No, you should now walk according to who you are. It's just like that saying of those who are in Rome should behave like in Rome. Now behave who you are in Christ. Are you seeing it? Behave only. Behave righteous. Behave like someone who has believed the gospel. Does that make sense? Is it making sense to somebody? So, you must have an active recognition. That that should dominate you. This should make your work in Christ more effective. It should make you more productive, more fruitful. More fruitful. And this comes by accurate knowledge. Accurate knowledge not By mixing the things up, oh, we have become sons, we have become children, we have become this. Oh, okay, we are trying to Lord, make me like you. Oh, oh, Lord, make me like you. I want to be like Jesus every day. You are already like Him, hallelujah! Glory to God. I want to be like Jesus in my life. You are already like Him at salvation. Glory to God. You are already like Him, as He is, so are you. So, we must not mix it up. It must make us more effective. It must make us more productive, more fruitful. You must not mix it up. I'm a son. I'm a son. A guy used to to think, I want to be like Jesus. He's a son, yet a baby is thinking. Are you seeing it? Uh, 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 There is something that makes me come into your presence, my helper. You already have that something. So, we can simply say they are sons, but yet babies in what they are thinking. Love, PPM, a sanctuary. Sons, yet babes in their thinking. Are you seeing the difference? Are you seeing the difference? So, uh, I want to be less. Like, uh, hold Lord, oh, Lord. No. So, when the fruit or the truth of the resurrection dawns on us, we see equality in Him. Ha When the truth of the resurrection dawn on us, we look at Jesus and we place our side, our side by side. It's just like saying I place these two books together and I say they are the same. I look at myself and I look at Christ and I say, oh, we have an equality. We are the same. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Let that truth dawn on you. Let that truth overwhelm you. Let that truth consume you that I am like Christ. First Corinthians 6, verse 17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We don't say, Oh Lord, let us now invite this presence of the Lord to this place. That's a son, yet a baby is thinking. They will say, let's invite the presence of the Lord to this gathering. Let's start inviting the presence of the Lord. Lift your hands, everybody. Invite the presence of the Lord. Invite the presence of the Lord. Then they will now say, manabra, barabra, barabra, barabra. So what are you doing? You've been speaking in tongues, yet you are not inviting the Lord. In the opening prayer, you know it's praise and worship leaders that do that in the most. Brethren, just let's be in the mood of worship as we invite the presence of the Lord to this service. Brethren, be in the mood. In the opening prayer, they prayed in tongues. So, so what are they doing? Let's invite the presence of the Lord. So, barabra, barabra, ah! ah, ah. Are you invited the presence of the Lord? I thought the presence of the Lord should make you speak. <laughs> are you getting it? So, there are sons, yet babes in their thinking. Same spirit. We are same spirit with him. 1 John 14, 4, verse 17. 1 John 4, verse 17. As he is, so you are. So you are. We are the same. We are the same. We are the same. Hebrews 2, verse 10. Hebrews 2, verse 10. Hebrews 2, verse 10. It says, And thou, Lord, in the beginning, has laid the foundations... Oh, sorry. I was reading Hebrews 1, verse 10. I was wondering what I was reading. Hebrews 2, verse 10. It says, For it has became him, for whom are all things, by whom are all things, in bringing many souls unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation, perfect What? True suffering, many sons into glory because we are brethren. Look at verse 11 for both he that sanctified and they who sanctify are all of one. Look at what it is for this cause. Hiya, he is not ashamed to call us brethren. Hallelujah, he is not ashamed to call us brethren. So, this means. Look at a person sitting beside you and say, we are from the same womb. We are from the same womb. What womb is that? The womb of the resurrection. It didn't become son in a process. We did not gradually grow and grow and grow and become son. The very microseconds you believe the gospel, you were a son. Hallelujah. So we are, we are from the same womb. Same womb. Same womb of his resurrection. At 13 verse 3, same womb of his resurrection. At 13, verse 33, It says. At 13 verse 33, it says that um it says, God has fulfilled the same unto us their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it was written in the second of that my son, this day I begotten him. He raised up Jesus. We're raised with him. Romans 1 verse 4, Romans 1 verse 4, It says, And he had declared declared to be sons of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Romans 1 verse 4, same resurrection as us. We were raised together. So Christ didn't raise alone. In the spirit, via revelation, we can see that Christ rose with us. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Romans 6, verse 4 to 5. Romans 6, verse 4 to 5. It's my last scripture for today. Romans 6, verse 4 to 5. It says, Therefore, we were buried with him by the baptism unto death. Ah, open this place. I want everybody to read it. Romans 6, verse 4 to 5. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. It says, Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Hallelujah. Verse 5 it says, For we have been planted together. Are you seeing the word together? In the likeness of his death. We shall also be. Where? In the likeness of what? His resurrection. Because as he is, so we are not, listen to me, we are not going to be like him. You are already like him. Are you getting what I'm saying? There is no failure in Christ, there is no failure in you. There is fruit. Christ bears fruit, you bear fruit. Hallelujah. There is joy, happiness, peace. Love in Christ, so you have it. You are not going to be like him. Stop thinking. Quit that thinking in your mind that says, Oh, maybe when I die, I will not be fully like Christ. You are heading fully like him now. Look at God. You are. Look at it in verse 5. It says, For we have been planted together in the likeness of the dead, so we share and partook in his death, We shall also be like him in the likeness in his what? Resurrection. And he has risen again. He has risen from the dead. So, our death and burial is alike. Hallelujah. So, the resurrection. So, what we have become is what he became. Hallelujah. He is our prototype. We are sons. We are children. We are years of God in Christ. You know we win always. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We win always we win always we are always victorious we are always victorious we are always victorious we are always victorious victorious. you know why we can confidently say that because Christ is victorious right hallelujah we are with like him in his resurrection right so because he is victorious is he victorious oh yes he is he came out from the jet and triumphed. hallelujah he was victorious so I am victorious And was victorious. He was victorious. I am victorious. Nothing can stop us. We are a mighty moving force. You know why? Nothing can stop Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you must learn to see yourself in this reality. Our death and burial is alike. So is the resurrection. So, we are sons. We are children. And we partook of his suffering. We partook of his shame. We partook of his death. We partook of his burial. And we are like that even in his resurrection. Did you learn something tonight? Hallelujah. You're not saying it like him. You learn something tonight? Share with your neighbor what you learned. Hallelujah. Praise